0: This is Michael Gannot with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you Insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Michael Gannot with Insight to Israel and Hershey's for Heroes. And it is, it is... It is another beautiful day in the Jewish state. And uh, I want to start off the show by thanking the guys at America's Web Radio for bringing the truth of the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States. Folks, I've been here for almost three years. Wow, wow, it goes by so fast. And I'll tell you, this country has turned my life inside out. I've seen war. I've seen prosperity. And I've been blessed. And I want to thank the guys at America's Web Radio for all they do in, in uh, bringing this truth to the United States. Because you obviously cannot depend on the media, on your everyday media, to tell the truth about this country. And I am thankful every day that we can bring this uh, almost virtually live. If you watch the social media and the daily postings of videos as I travel the country, You're virtually getting this almost live, minute-by-minute updates. So I want to say thank you to everyone who supports uh, with a tax-deductible PayPal donation, Insight to Israel and Hershey's for Heroes. I want to say thank you to everyone who is a participator, not a spectator, in sending Hershey's for Heroes. Americans putting notes on a chocolate bar to the Israeli soldiers. It's amazing. And the results that it brings, the morale boost that it brings to these soldiers as the world, increasingly, on a day-by-day basis, minute-by-minute, becomes more and more anti-Semitic. These soldiers need to hear from Americans. They need to know that you stand with them, and this is a cost-effective, time-efficient way. Go to the Facebook page and see how it changes the life of the soldiers amazing jay jay schultz thank you for being on the show nice yeah. for having me michael Brother, happy to be back here it's a pleasure it is a pleasure <laughs> you've been on <laughs> more than anyone else in almost three years i don't feel like you've used
1: me though man i feel like we're uh we're a good team here and we're making a good I part agree. making a good partnership and getting the good word out because Amer- you know americans by the way recommendation turn off this little web radio I'm sorry to your advertise, but I think you should turn it off and just go to the local airport and come here yourself wow come here yourself Uh. alright if you ain't going to do that keep the radio on but you know I think the conclusion of everything we're talking about send your Hershey bars send your notes keep the donations coming keep listening but I want you to visit and at the end of this entire conversation keep that in mind that we're here waiting for you
0: Mm, wow very well put, man. It was great. Yeah, because Americans can't really... Jay, I'm telling you, I would say it in all the videos. You need to come here. I was just at the Yoni Netanyahu and Tebe, Raider on uh, uh
1: exhibit. That's Benjamin Netanyahu's brother, older yeah, brother.
0: Amazing, amazing young man. I'll tell you, I've watched some of the documentaries on him, and I have to say, brother, last week I was just sitting and crying like a baby because I realized the sacrifice that young man made. And he didn't have to. He had it easy in the United States. He could have easily sat back and said, I have a wife. I have a four-year scholarship to get to Harvard. I've already done my time in the Army. Let someone else do it. With justification almost. Could have very easily said that and yet realized what was happening here in the Middle East, what was happening to the Jewish state, and said, I have to come back. I have to stand with my people and fight with them.
1: And he didn't just fight, you know, he was the commander of that unit that went into Uganda. He was the only guy who died sa- saving the hostages, and he, w- he was the commander. Meaning, in the Israeli army, I think a lot of people don't know this, the commander's on the front line. The commander's the first guy into battle. Wow. And he yells behind him, Akhrai, after me. You follow me, my soldiers. I'm taking the lead. That's a leader. Not someone who sits in the Ivy tower and gives orders. Someone who's on the front line and says... I'm going to be the man I want you guys behind me to be also wow wow!
0: you know I heard a quote by Bibi. and he said uh, he said courage is a trait that everything else follows after if you show courage and you show leadership and integrity because that's what that's what same with fear by the way it's the exact opposite right
1: so many people's negative bad traits stem from fear and then the rest follow. So, too, should it be the exact opposite, that courage spawns all the positives.
0: Wow. Amazing. So, uh, Jay, thank you for being on the show, and uh, thank you to everyone who gives the Hershey's for Heroes. Jay, we just, the biggest distributor, importer, of, of chocolates from around the world, here in Israel, saw Hershey's for Heroes. I'll probably never meet the guy. He wants to be anonymous. And By the
1: way, it's the highest form of charity, giving anonymously.
0: Yeah. It is, and and I'll tell you, I got a phone call, and uh, one of my contacts said, Listen, this guy saw Hershey's for Heroes, and he, he'll give you as much as you need, whatever you need. So I was like, okay, well, let's test the waters. I'll start out with 1,000. He had 1,000 chocolate bars delivered directly to my address. Wow, and, and they're kosher. And they're and kosher. And they're kosher. And they're kosher. Now, on top of that, Jay, he had a gift basket. Of exotic fruits from Israel, two gift baskets—one delivered to me, another delivered to Iris Burrell, my executive administrator's office, her government office here in Tel Aviv. That's beautiful. Amazing. So we turn around. They're good people in the world. They're really good people. In the world. Amazing
1: people. And it just so happens that a lot of them are sitting right here, right here in Israel.
0: Amen. Amen. So we turn around and we took those fruit baskets and we gave them to uh, to Holocaust survivors. Uh, with a note on tell we love it. And uh, thank God that we can pass on the blessing. When, when we're blessed, we can pass it on to someone else and make their life better in, in so many ways, you know. So I want to say, America, it's time to step up to the plate and be a participator and not a spectator with Hershey's for Heroes. Go to the Facebook page. Get your church, your your synagogue, your civic group, your friends, your family involved by sending Hershey's for Heroes. All right, now we're gonna get down to Brass Tacks. We are in Tel Aviv right now. We're in Frishman, uh Restaurant. And uh, and we're here, in, we're actually we're on the cross street of Frischman and, and Dizengoff, right? And Dizengoff, Two blocks from Mediterranean. Wow, it's amazing, it's beautiful. G- gorgeous summer
1: day. a Little warm for my uh, Polish blood, but you know what? sacrifice I'm willing to make.
0: No other place to be. No other place. Jay, listen, we have a a very, there's a couple things we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to get to your trip to to the United States. We're going to get to that in the second segment. But uh, we want to talk about a holiday. Should I call it a holiday? It's not a holiday. It's it's
1: a memorial day. It's a memorial day. It's a day commemoration. It's one of the most important days on, on the Jewish calendar throughout the year. Uh, that's coming up uh, this actually begins this Saturday night as Shabbat ends this begins
0: and uh, the name of that uh, uh, Memorial Day
1: the name of the Memorial Day is uh, Tisha B'Av Tisha B'Av uh, the, or, or in English the ninth of the month of Av uh, Av is one of the, the, the months of the Jewish calendar and it actually commemorates many different things but it's uh, it's a day of mourning for the Jewish people in fact it's our Second most serious day of, of of solemn memorial for the Jewish people, um, Yom Kippur being one of them. Yom, Yom, Yom Kippur is probably the the one most people know, right. the one most people hear about. Uh, in fact, you know, Jews throughout our calendar, throughout the year, we have many fast days. Uh, but most of that, most of those fast days, there's, uh, they're called the minor fasts, where you fast only from the morning to the evening. But there's two where you fast the full 20, actually it's about 25 hours of full fasting, no water, no anything in that. And one's Yom Kippur, as you mentioned, that most people know about. And the second is Tisha B'Av, where it's a full 25-hour fast. And uh, we commemorate many things. The main things uh, people know about that we commemorate are the destruction of the uh, first temple, first holy temple in Jerusalem. Solomon's temple. Built by King Solomon. And then the second temple was actually destroyed on the same day. And and that's no coincidence. Um, Wow, on the same day? It was the same day. And and actually, when we get to the heart of it, there were many things that happened, tragedies that happened to the Jewish people on that day. Um, Historically...
0: Adolf Adolf Hitler.
1: Historically, and actually the... World, the the, the, the uh, foundations of World War I started on Tisha B'Av. The beginnings of the uh, Spanish Inquisition started on Tisha B'Av. You know, some of these lo- things that led directly to massive tears, massive pain for the Jewish people. But it actually goes back before the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans and before the destruction of the First Temple by, by the Babylonians. It actually started in the Bible. I actually started in the five books of Moses. Uh we, we read about it not that long ago in the portion of the week that we read in synagogue. It's uh the sin of the spies. The sin wow. of the, the sin of the spies was the first Tisha of. There's giants in the land. There're giants in the land, but it it gets a lot it gets a lot deeper. So ju- ju- I'm sure I'm sure your listeners know better than I the story of the spies, but I'm going to give you from a Jewish perspective because okay. you know, from the Jewish perspective, we have thousands of years of uh Context of of ways that our perspective, our lenses, and the way we flesh out and understand this story—not just story, but historical fact—absolutely, you know. But remember, the Torah, the Bible, it's not for a Jew. It's not history. It's not. It's not history. It's, not a, a, it's not a not a sign textbook. It's a way of life. But it's 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 a moral guide. It's our it's our moral history, not just factual. And so. You know, a story on its own means nothing. You know, we're we're not telling Aesop's fables here just to tell something nice. And this isn't right. this isn't the Odyssey. It's not just cool to know what happened in history. Jews don't celebrate anniversaries to celebrate anniversaries. We don't celebrate birthdays. Celebrate an- birthry, uh, b- birthdays. What we do is we celebrate any major moment, and whether it be holidays or, or, or days of tragedy or mourning, they are either tears. Or spiritual positives in the life cycle of the Jewish calendar. And that every year we believe that spiritually, not just historically, not just physically, but spiritually we come back to a time of the year that is specific spiritual energy. And those spiritual energies are caused for both good and bad by the actions of the people, by the actions of our forefathers. And the same way, by the way, the Jews, it's not it's not just the Christians that believe in a, a concept of original sin. You know, all of, the Jews believe all of human history exists because of the, because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Right. You know, if, if Adam and Eve were totally perfect, listened to God and did what they were supposed to do, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden, my friend. Yeah. And this, this world would, it would be a very different place. But that didn't happen. Adam sinned. I always blame Adam, not Eve. Because it was Adam's fall. Absolutely. And we were kicked out. And now we're just spending history, not just spinning our wheels waiting, working hard to get back to the garden to repair the sin wow. of our ancestor. And and so, the spies. You know, the Jews spent a uh, very difficult time in Egypt. The majority of us didn't leave Egypt with Moses. A lot of people don't know that, but the Jewish, we call it Midrash, the uh, stories behind the story. So it was 80% 80 that stayed and died in Egypt. It was only 20% that left in Moses. The rest were so assimilated, so connected to the slave mentality, to the idol worship of of Egypt, that they they just were wiped out. And the 20% that left, you know, you think that their leader, Moses, taking them out of slavery, would have been enough. Never. Not at all. They were complaining. We left Egypt, but where's my water? We left Egypt, where's my meat? You know what? And this is me quoting the Bible. What? We didn't have graves. I couldn't be buried in Egypt. He had to bring me out to the desert to die, Moses. No gratitude, no perspective. And uh, you know, even to to show the the short-term thinking of not just the Jews but the world. You know, 40 days after all the Jews heard and saw God, or all prophets on Mount Sinai, 40 days later we had the golden calf. You know, memory. Sure. Memory is is is, uh, not necessarily our strong suit. And so, and we'll get, and we'll, we'll come full circle to that idea now. Because if we really had strong memory, and we really had that insight, we wouldn't be repeating the same mistakes throughout history. But we still do. And I, you know, I, I bless the Jewish people. I bless everyone out there to learn, learn from the mistakes of history, Amen. so we can live live lives that you know God wants of us. That live the lives that bring blessing upon ourselves, our families, but others and the world. So despise. Wow. We were. We, yeah, <laughs> My, Michael's getting excited here, boys and girls. Michael's getting excited. Wow! And he should because it's powerful stuff. So, so, so here it is. We got the Torah at Mount Sinai. We had miracles in the desert. It was miracles. We had we had a cloud cloud protecting us during the day. We had a cloud of glory protecting us at night. We had food. We had water. We were taken care of. You know, there's 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 a, there's a lot.
0: Clothes of, didn't wear out. Clothes didn't wear. Shoes out. didn't wear. Shoes out. did not wear out. No
1: one was dying, no one was getting ill. And we are invincible, man. We just, we defeated the Egyptians, the strongest army, the strongest empire in the world at the time. We saw them with our own eyes get destroyed. We had these open miracles. We heard and saw God. But we didn't have faith. And we said to Moses, before we go into the land of Israel, we want to check it out. We want to reconnoiter. We're going to send in these spies. In Hebrew word, it's maraglim, the spies. So against against Moses better judgment they say fine and it was it was two leaders of each tribe that were sent in I'm sorry it was one leader from each tribe that were sent in but they were sent in as pairs so it was 12, 12 spies altogether and they were sent in and uh, 10 of the 12 came back with negative reports and they said there's giants there we're like grasshoppers. we're grasshoppers in their eyes. We couldn't possibly defeat them. And now I'm thinking to myself, everyone has to ask themselves a question. The most simple question. That's what a Jew does. We read and we just we ask questions. Don't take anything for granted. There's no such thing as blind faith in Judaism. You ask the hard questions. It's okay to fight with God. Remember, Moses fought with God. Abraham right, fought with right. God. But you're supposed to do it for the sake of heaven. And we ask ourselves, after the god just destroyed the egyptian army and the jews were doing just fine with these miracles they really think that these giants were a big deal they were really so worried about the giants that wasn't what was going on there that doesn't make sense because they weren't just spies they were the leaders of the tribes they were the top-notch the most educated the closest to moses they learned the most they were the most moral the most spiritual the most powerful and they went in and they came back with doubt seemingly and the rabbi say our tradition talks about it, it wasn't that just they, they weren't scared physically they were scared spiritually not that they couldn't defeat they thought they could but what was the blessing that God told Moses and the Jewish people about going to the land of Israel when you go into the land you're going to have to fight for it you're going to you're gonna have to work for it you're going you're not going to get free food anymore you're going to have to sow the land you're going to have to toil right that was that, that that was that was the the blessing and the curse to Adam You have to work the land for your food. Now, these were holy people. They were all prophets at Mount Sinai. And they're thinking to themselves, we're hanging out in the desert. We're literally having everyday open miracles. We're getting food. We're getting God. But we're hanging out face-to-face with with God. I want that spiritual relationship. So in one way, we can't judge the spies negatively. We have to see who they are. If you were just hanging out with God, seeing these miracles, you don't want to lose that. What? You don't want to go to work. You want to stay hanging out with God, man. You're a prophet. You're floating on a cloud. You're living the good life. And it's not just a good life physically. You know, we can't say that. It was a good life spiritually. And really, that's what it's all about. But we know it was the wrong answer. And what did they do? The main sin of the spies wasn't that... They chose the spiritual over the physical, or they didn't have enough faith in God. It was that they spoke negatively, not just about the land of Israel. That it was too difficult, it was too hard. We have to, we have to fight. We have to we have to work. But they spoke negatively about themselves, and they said, as we as, as you just said, Michael, we looked like grasshoppers in their eyes. They didn't say that the giants that were grasshoppers. No they had a negative view of themselves we're the grasshoppers and and there's a there's a concept in jewish law and halacha called lashon hara you're not allowed to speak lashon hara which is a, a negative tongue you're not allowed to speak negatively not about others you're also by the way that's extended to many different things but you're also even if it's true not allowed to speak negatively about yourself and you're not allowed to speak negatively about the land of israel and they did all three they did all three wrong. And what they did was, in saying, we're, we're, we're less than God is telling, telling us we are, the land of Israel is less than God yeah. telling us it is, that was a mistake. That was the tear. That was the rip. That was the first Tisha of. That was the original sin of Jews outside the land of Israel looking in and saying, not for me. Mm, and boy, wow, and boy... Wow. The Jews have been paying for it every day since. And when the spies came back and, and gave this report, not just to Moses, but the, Jew, the the Jewish people, they're all listening. They started to cry. There was national mourning. They started to cry. And God says, "You're crying for no reason. I got you. I'm telling you, if this, if I'm saying it, it is good. It is the right thing yeah. to do. Wow. You're, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to make our own spiritual calculations. We can't say we know better than God." Hmm. I don't know better than God. I may, I, I may not understand it. It may be difficult to understand why God would rather me be a farmer and a warrior in the army than sit and hang out and be a prophet in the desert. But that's what God said. So if it says it, it has to be true. And so, and so comes 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 the rabbis, comes the midrash, and says, God says says to the Jewish people, if you're going to cry for nothing. I'm gonna give you something to cry about. This isn't the Talmud. This isn't Jay. This isn't Jay. God forbid anyone right. thinks that I'm the rabbi. I'm no rabbi here. I'm a simple Jew just laying it out. That's what my daddy used to tell me. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was a Jew. <laughs> but if you get hey, you gonna cry, I'm gonna give you I'll something give you to something cry about. Cry about. Yeah. So that's and and that 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 is what laid the historical that we're still dealing with today, nothing's new. Pain to the Jewish people. That every Tisha B'av, it's a time of warning for the Jewish people. And that same day, that the spy, that the spies gave that, that report, spoke spoke negatively of themselves, the Jewish people in the land of Israel, and the people cried for no reason. That's been the number one day of pain for Am Yisrael, for 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 the children of Israel. Wow. And so, what do we learn from it? Well, a, we need to repair those tears. What do they do wrong? How do we fix it today, both in our own lives and nationally? And that's the challenge of our day. That is the challenge of our day. Um, some of the, you know, just just a l- little bit more, show, show the level of mourning that we're at. We actually start celebrating, Tisha celebrating, sorry, commemorating the day actually three weeks in advance. Three weeks in advance, what happened three weeks before the spies? It was the Sin of the Golden Calf. And so we actually start mourning on that day, because that's also the day... Three weeks. Three weeks in advance. It's three also the weeks. day that the Romans and the Babylonians first entered the outskirts of Jerusalem. They broke through the Jerusalem lines. And then we even intensify the mourning nine days before the date day of Tisha B'av, Because what happened nine days before? They breached the walls. The Romans the Babylonians had breached the walls of the old city, the city of Jerusalem, And on that day, and on the day of itself, is uh, when the destruction of the temple happened. So it's absolutely incredible. You know, one of the things that makes it so clear to me that that the Torah, the Bible, was not written by man, written by God, God, was that it's a unique historical document. You know, it used to be that empires, ancient people, when they would record their history, record their battles, all good. You never lose wars. You're, you're, you're always holy, righteous people. You've always done good. But for those who know, and, and, my, and, and, I, and I, know, I know Michael's listeners know this, they're, they're, they're Bible-versed. The Torah probably records more negatives and positives about the Jewish people. More of our sins of both our forefathers. More of our sins about our nation. More of our losses, more of our pains and our triumphs. Wow, wow, wow. No other ancient people has done that. And why would you record your pain? Why would you record the difficulty? Because that's true being a father. A good father doesn't tell the kids how amazing they are. Tells the kid where they messed up so the kid doesn't have to make the same mistakes. Wow. And that's how we know our father in heaven loves us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he's not just the king. He's not just the creator. He is our father. And the father loves and the father cares unconditionally unconditionally and he wants us to know how to get it right Wow so when the Talmud I'm I'm, get, I'm getting intense here I'm getting intense I'm really no, getting, I'm getting rabbinical stuff, now I'm getting rabbinical but we're to you know what you're getting when you call me into the radio <laughs> we're, get, we're, we're talking about the Talmud now and the Talmud records how the Jews understand the history and the spiritual depths of Tisha B'Av And it talks about the destruction of the first temple and second second temple. That's really what the Talmud focuses on. Because those were clearly the main, you know, know, the the temple in Jerusalem, that was the house of God, but it was more than the house of God. It was the house of the Jewish people. It's where we came to pray. We didn't have synagogues all over the place the way it exists today. That was the one place that three times a year we had to come to pray. That's where the Kohanim, the priests, the high priests, every day did the sacrifices. And by the way, it wasn't just the temple for the Jewish people. It was a temple for all humanity. Gentiles, Goyim. If I can use that word. Respectfully. Also could come and give sacrifices. That's where I want to be. We all want to be there.
0: And one day? The Messiah will come, my friend, and we'll have it. And everyone will come. Everyone.
1: Everyone. Everyone who's worthy will come you, you got to choose, man. You know, a lot of people mistakenly, I'm going on a tangent here, you know, call the Jews the chosen people. God didn't chose us. We're the choosing people. We chose to be there. We chose. And by the way, most of us in history haven't chose. That's what he said, you know, 80% died, died in Egypt. Because right. they didn't ch- choose to take the right spiritual path and be part of the nation. And every single one of you, I'm not not advocating converting to Judaism. That's not, that's not what we believe at all. But we believe that any any Gentile can be righteous, but you got to choose it, yeah. and sometimes you got to toil for it. Sometimes you right. got to fight for it. Right. And almost exclusively, if you don't fight for it, no pain, no gain. Right. And that doesn't mean suffering; that means working hard. Two different things. Absolutely. Hard work doesn't have to equal suffering. In fact, it shouldn't equal suffering. Wow. So back to business. Back to business. So the Talmud is talking about Tisha B'av, and it's talking about the destruction of the first and second temple. Now here's something that's even more amazing because the Talmud was written by divine inspiration by the rabbis and it talks about yeah we know that technically it was the Babylonian army that destroyed the first temple and we know technically it was a Roman army that destroyed the second temple but guess what they were just sticks in the hand of God just sticks they were tools although of course the Babylonians and Romans And we can we can extrapolate the Nazis bad people and they and they deserved and by the way they all got punished and we're the Romans and Babylonians today right ain't nothing (laughs) I mean I don't I don't want to live under the Italian economy today and I certainly don't want to live under the Iraqi economy today Right, right ain't doing well but Israel is but I'm I'm digressing but. The, the almost entirety of the Talmud discussing Tisha B'Av and the destruction of the First and Second Temple exclusively talks about what the real reason for it happening was. And that is, what did we do wrong? What did we do to deserve it? And it goes into a whole long conversations. Because I remember, Torah, Jewish thinking, Jewish learning is not about history. It's a moral history. It's a moral guide. And that's what the entire conversation is. And how incredible, what a high level the rabbis of, 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 of the, the, the ancients were to say, this happened for a reason. Let's be, let's, let's be honest on ourselves. Let's look inward. Let's not blame. I'm not here to wag a finger. Let's look at ourselves and say, what did we do wrong? You know, that was, again, I'm digressing, but like to me, that was the greatness of a Martin Luther King. He's one of the first black leaders that didn't blame the white man. And by the way, they had a lot to blame. Slavery was disgusting. The white man did did an inc- inc- incredible amount of wrong. Sadik, I there. I do want to say that just Martin Luther King. What was so incredible at him is he says we need to look inward. As much blame, and we could blame all day with good reason. The, the solution doesn't come from blame. We're them from looking inward and pulling ourselves up from the boot, you know, bootstrapping it. Right, right. And that's what the rabbis did 2,000 years ago in the Talmud by saying, well, during the time of the first temple, there was too much idol worship, too much immorality sexually, too much actually murder. And that led, you know, we also just read in the portion of the week, the the, the evil prophet, Bilam, came to curse the Jews came to curse the Jews and said I'm going to try to curse but he couldn't every time he'd curse there was a blessing that came out and he realized he as the anti-Semite couldn't hurt the Jew but what did he know a little secret After what did he learn the Jews can't hurt themselves wow. and he said, said sent in the Midianite women so they can be concubines so they can be prostitutes and what did the Jewish people do they sinned they lowered themselves and then caused that tear and caused their own destruction wow, wow, wow. and the rabbi said the same thing on Tisha B'Av what, what was that because of our immorality, that allowed a gaping hole for the Babylonians to even come. If we were strong, doing what we are supposed to do, following the word of God, mm. the Babylonians couldn't touch mm. us. Mm-mm. And in the second temple, the, the, the rabbis talk about, it was actually Hebrew, I'll use the word chinam. We didn't have respect for brother to brother. We didn't have unity.
0: And, and on it, that note, we're going to come right back. All right, man. Jay, this is good stuff. This is Michael Gonneau with Insight Theater. Wow. 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 Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Out scratch and surface. That was awesome, bro. So we left off.
1: We left off talking about unity. We still left off we left off talking about how the rabbis in the Talmud. We're saying that the real reason the Romans were able to take down the second temple right. was because of the, uh, the lack of disunity, lack of respect, brother to brother, among the Jewish people.
0: In honor for God, they would both walk hand in hand. Always. You know, always. That's, that's the one thing, Jay, I have to say, that uh, when people come here and visit, i got some Americans coming here soon to visit. I'm going to take them to a base and show them around the country a little bit. And then I got some media people coming, some people in D.C. that I know that are in the media, that uh, that actually, quite honestly, they had bets on how long I'd make it here when I first came. Hope you got a cut of that action. uh, No, I didn't. (laughs) But now they see and they work in the media, and they're like, listen, I've, I've actually called them. I said, look. I can get you connections, I'll get you on the base, I'll get you in the Knesset. You've got to come here, you've got to tell what's happening here, and especially since this Iran deal. And, uh, I mean, I'll take a, a cut of the action. I'll, I'll take some kickback because I'm giving them my time. And, I, you know, look, I mean, let me, I'm going to make my point by saying this. What you said about work, Jay, you know, sometimes when I get the opportunity to talk to the soldiers, And they're like, Michael, we hope, we hope. I said, listen, God said He would deliver you. God brought you out in the past. All of the world will burn under Islam. The United States, Americans, you need to hear this. You will burn under Islam. Europe is burning under Islam. They own Africa, they own the Middle East. The only country that will not be taken, that will not submit, God willing, is the Jewish state. God will not allow His land to be taken by the lying, thieving, murdering, raping leftists and Muslims. You cannot depend on your government or your country to defend you. You, listen, you know what's amazing, Jake, At this. Picture this. America, we've become so self-righteous. America is only a concept. We're only a concept. The, the, the symbol of patriotism now in the United States, I'm going to make my point, is a guy with a goatee on a Harley Davidson motorcycle and a chick, wears, some stupid chick, stupid, wearing a red, white, and blue bikini with, a, with, a, with, a, with an AR-15. That's become our symbol of patriotism now. We talk about God, but our hearts are far from Him. You cannot enact homosexual marriage by decree of the U.S. Supreme Court and think that God is going to bless you. No election will save the United States except personal and nationwide repentance. God even called that from the Jewish people. You want to repent? You want to see blessing? You must repent individually and corporately. You want forgiveness for sins, you must sacrifice in your home, and you must go to the temple as a corporate body. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. The, uh, you know, local familial one-on-one unity is is just as important as the national. And uh, often the national is that much harder, you know. Wow, you're right. You know, especially with the Jews, it's like herding cats, the, the, you know, these guys. <laughs> we're, 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 not, we're not easy. You know, God, God calls us a, a stiff-necked people. And hurting cats, man, that's, that's a business. That's a game that can't be won. but And there's a lot of cats in this town. There's a lot of cats in this town. But uh, it's a fight worth fighting. And we've got to remember, Iran deal, no deal, it ain't about the deals because it's God that lets things happen. Amen. And Iran with the nuke can't hurt us unless we deserve to be hurt. And ultimately, you know, what's what's the real story of Tisha B'Av? Why, why are we not supposed to shave now? Why are we not supposed to go, go to, you know, hear live music? We're not supposed to drink wine in the nine days. We're not supposed to even eat meat this time because it's really preparing for the morning, preparing for that morning of removing ourselves from the physical so we can focus on reality, and that's the spiritual, and that's our own, you know, you said repentance, but, you know, a Jewish word would be Truva. And for Juva, it's not, it's not, you know, repent, I think it's a very Christian way of understanding it, if I can respectfully say. The word tshuva means actually return. Return to your true state. Return to your natural state. Amen. Wow. Which is this good. one-on-one relationship with God. And uh, it's wow. not easy, and God, God's not asking us to be perfect. But we got a long way to go between now
0: and a lot cl- even closer to perfect. So, you know. With that being said, I wanted to. My point is, America is only a concept. The, the concrete to that concept is Israel, Torah, and the Jewish people. If you want to get back, even on an individual level, to the to the concept, you must come back to the concrete. And that means, if you're not Jewish, and you say you're a Christian, you say you support Israel, you must. You have an obligation under God, biblically, ethically, morally, historically, and archaeologically, that at all costs, even if it means going against the... the the uh, precepts of your own government that has shown itself to be godless and anti-Semitic, you must even defy the global, the governments that you live under and support the Jewish state. Then your life will be blessed. Then you will have returned to God, to the concrete. Yeah, and I think, you know, in general, it's a lot easier
1: to wag, wag a finger. It's a lot easier to say, look at them, blame them, criticize them. You know what's really hard? Criticizing yourself, blaming yourself. You know, even the rabbis say, if you're walking down the street, you trip and scrape a knee. Well, there's there's a message there. Nothing happens by coincidence. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing's whimsical. Everything in your life is a message. Everyone you meet is a mirror for yourself. If you see something bad and negative in someone else, that's because there's a piece of that in you, and you should reflect internally wow. and return back to the to, to, to the state we're supposed to be, which is really the image of God. Amazing. Great stuff. You know, that that we were we were created in the image of God, and we returned to that image. And uh, to me, you know, that that's that's the ultimate story, that's the ultimate thing we're supposed to learn on these Tisha B'Av. And hopefully, you know, that that, that Jewish message is, is 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 a message for all of humanity that uh Gotta stop blaming. Gotta stop criticizing. Gotta stop judging. Look God, God's the judge. Look inward. Look inward. That's you know why we don't look inward for the same reason the spies didn't want to enter the land because that's hard work. Right. It's a lot easier to to twist someone else's arm than twist your own.
0: You know when I when I, I my my Jewish friends in the United States. Uh, They send me emails, Michael, Michael, you're doing such a great job, Michael, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, but these are your people. This is your land, restored, rebirthed, after 2,000 years. The Haganah, Palmach, Lechi, Etzel, the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th Aliyah. Those are the Jews that heard the call, even if they didn't fully understand it, they heard the call and came home. They laid the foundation. They toiled. They paid the price. It's, it's, it's
1: called, you know, pioneering. You know, and that's what I talk about. That's my work. That's what I do professionally is tell every young Jew in the world, come home, roll up your sleeves and be a pioneer. Do that hard work. Because no matter how much you think you're benefiting everyone else around you and the the state of Israel and Nah. You're Ultimately, the biggest reward for doing for others is doing for yourself. Amen.
0: Amen. You know, it's funny because when I say that I don't believe in a diaspora, that God opened the doors after 2,000 years, all the Jews need to come home, they're like, where would we put them all?
1: there's only, you know, 13 million maximum Jews in the world. Israel's small, but we, we we do have room for everyone.
0: Especially down in the Negev. I tell them, but you're a Jew. Man, look what you've done already. Some of you guys, when I talk to these kids that are coming and doing Tug Lee, birthright, I'm like, "But you're a Jew, man! You, one of you guys is going to down, go down to the Negev and you're going to create something."
1: We're ready, making the desert bloom with the with, with the agriculture, and we just got to make it bloom with Jewish babies. Amen. I mean, you know, anyone who's been to uh, to Vegas, you know, I'm not I'm not condoning the day-to-day <laughs> life in Vegas, but I am going to say, I am going to say that that desert's blooming. Amen. You know. And if we, if we can do it in the middle there, I mean, Israel's the high-tech capital of the world, the startup nation, we can make it bloom and thrive anywhere.
0: Amen, amen. Now, you just recently took a trip to the United States.
1: Yeah, listen, I, I, I got to tell you, generally, I, I've been here nine years. I, I hate hate having to leave Israel. I never feel good about it. But I went back to, to the States. My sister got married. Thank God. I'm so happy for her. Alana, I thank, love you.
0: Thank God even more when they make Aliyah. Yeah. We're praying. Hey, We're praying. That God pulls their heart home. Listen for for me, you know, the, the world clearly needs two
1: things. We need a lot more trees and a lot more Jewish babies, and you know, my sister will be on the way to that at the right time. Thank God. And uh, you know, if I'm going to leave Israel, going for that was you know, was the right reason.
0: Yeah, Amen. So, what was your what was your trip like to the States? You you were there for how long? I
1: was there for about three weeks. I uh, my, my fam- family's in New Jersey, in New York, and. When my sister got married i gave i gave i gave the speech you know, nice. the big brother speech nice the key to making a wedding speech for everyone out there was nervous about it it's very simple just make them laugh a lot then they got to cry a lot then they got to laugh a lot again and you got it covered <laughs> uh yeah it was a lot of fun i came with my fiance. i'm engaged Congratulations, married. Yeah. By the way. thank you i can't wait to go to that wedding we did a little uh you're invited
0: I appreciate it. Let's start with the listeners because so we might do some video.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what she want. That's what she wants. So uh, I actually did, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my family, my grandparents, parents, and then I uh, actually did a little road trip from uh, from New York up to New England, and I drove through uh, drove through uh, upstate New York and Connecticut, New Hampshire, Maine. I got to tell you. I grew up in New Jersey, and I'm, I love it there. I'm very, I'm, I'm very, I've been here nine years, but I'm very patriotic. I love the fact that I grew up in America. I learned a lot. It gave me a lot. I'm very grateful for that. Right. I can tell you, Maine. It's like the most beautiful part of the country. I don't know if you've ever been to Maine, Michael. No. Nah. Listeners, I don't know I don't know if you've ever been there. Go. It's, it, it is just pristine, gorgeousness, the, the entire thing. I, I, I get why, I get why the bushes love spending time up there. It makes a lot of
0: sense. And the Kennedys.
1: And the Kennedys. And yeah. the Clintons. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, let me ask you. Although, not not much to eat for a Jew. Every, 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 every three minutes, it's lobster roll, lobster roll, lobster roll. <laughs> I can't eat lobster. I'm a Jew. <laughs> how you know, do you, I guess how say, do you even, deal even, with that? Not that I went, but even the McDonald's up in Maine has lobster roll on the menu. That's how, that's how wow. lobster-obsessed they are over there. That's insane. So for any of you non-Jews out there that love lobster, just go to Maine.
0: So how do you how do you deal with that?
1: Uh, you make I, tr- it thr- I, tr- I trim down a little bit. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> you know it's a good it's a good good it's a good Jew diet going to travel travel through uh, New England.
0: Now let me ask you, you the organizations you run, and sure. we're actually going to do some work with with one of them for with Holocaust survivors sure. to get them to put notes on chocolate bars on these thousands that I'm going to have coming from the inside of Israel. Uh, You know, you have these organizations, and so uh, they're very valuable, I feel. Adopt-a-Soft is amazing. Uh, White City Shabbat dinner, amazing. Uh, Where you bring Olim together uh, under one roof uh, for Shabbat dinner. And it gives them a time of fellowship to get to know one another. Community, I mean, listen, uh, first of all,
1: I have all the ideology and theology, but just practically, you know, uh, my organization takes care of young Jews that move here from around the world, with, mostly without friends, without family, and the community becomes the family. So, getting together for Shabbat dinner, getting together to volunteer and do good and, you know, give charity and roll up the sleeves and be pioneers, you know, that's what it's all about because that kind of community giving and doing together builds, you know, a sustainable heart in this in this place that is foreign. You know, I didn't grow up in Israel. It's my home. Right. I feel like it's my home, but it's also strange. Right. It is the Middle East, you right. know. right. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing, seeing this, creating this unity that really is the antidote to the entire problem of uh, the sin of the spies and the destruction of the temple in the first place.
0: So let me ask you, what what was your... Because it had been, what, a year since you've been back mm-hmm. in the United States? A year since you've been back to the U.S.? Do you go every year? Yeah, you know, I've been here
1: nine years, and when I first moved here, I went more... I was, I was there more often. And I'll go at least once, twice a year. Listen, thank God I saw parents, grandparents family, uh, friends are there, so I, I go, but as little as possible.
0: So when you when you get there, but then, as you also observe the United States, through the porthole of Israel... Yeah. Uh,
1: it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me really, you know, when I'm there, I'm spending a lot of time with the Jewish American community, and it's hard for me to see Jews, specifically religious Jews, living in America, believing in God, believing in the Torah, believing in the Bible. Following a lot of the laws, a lot of the recommendations of God, but not the one that says come home. It is hard for me.
0: Why why do you... Now, I think part of it is we we know assimilation...
1: uh, But even though... So the assimilated Jews, it's it's, it's a huge problem. And we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But right now I'm talking about... The spies weren't assimilated. The spies were prophets hanging out with God. They knew God's law. They knew God's word. They knew knew God's power. Just the way, you know, the the religious, non-assimilated Jewish communities in America, they're the ones that saddened me the most. Because they they believe. Or they say they believe. Right. But they don't act. And they're standing from the outside looking in saying, lots of good excuses why I'm not coming home, why I'm not making Aliyah, why I'm not immigrating to Israel up to a higher place where I know I'm supposed to be, but you know, what do they say? I got my family here, I got a job here, I got a nice house, a nice car, I'm comfortable. And ultimately it's about comfort. And God doesn't tell you to be happy. God doesn't tell you to be comfortable. God tells you to do what's right and do what's good. And again, you're not supposed to suffer. But doing the word of God is never suffering. Right. It may be difficult, it may be complicated, you gotta do it the right way in the right time. But love is not always easy. But love's not always easy and you gotta try. And, it, you know, it's hard to judge an individual for not making it. You know, I don't know anyone's story, I don't know everyone's personal situation. Right. But, you know, my, my my sadness comes from the general Jewish community. General religious American Jewish community that is not the leaders of the American Jewish community. They're the ones that are supposed to give the ideal. Leadership is, just like Yoni Netanyahu in, in, in Uganda, in Entebbe, follow me. The leaders should be coming and saying, follow me. And what's really happening is the majority of them are just comfortable. They're not speaking out about Meghan Aliyah. You know, it's, it's golden handcuffs. America's amazing. It's comfortable. High standard of living. People have it easy. There's no anti-Semitism, thank God, for the most part. Uh, economy is still, still decent for you know, mo- most Americans but uh, that's comfort and it's not easy to break the chain it's not easy to rip off that band-aid but when you do wow you see, the, you, you really see the light and the beauty of being here and it's, it's hard so that's what I do and, and you know, my organization as you mentioned before the Am Israel Foundation we focus on young Jews around the world inspiring them to come
0: home and uh, get, get busy What's some of the response you get? Because I know you talk to leadership yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And let, let me say, my experience has been from American Jews to come here, and I, I, I encourage them to make Aliyah, and uh, I give them reasons why, obvious reasons why, um, and which is only as plain as the nose on your face as we look around us, you know? Uh but a lot of, the, of what I hear, especially from Jews that work in specific organizations is, we need that Jewish voice in the United States. And, you know, I understand the scriptures that plainly say that God doesn't need your voice. What he does want is your obedience. Well, you know, anyone who says we need a Jewish voice in
1: America, voice today is digital voice today, I could be sitting on the moon right. and Skyping with my mother, right? <laughs> voice, you can have a voice to anywhere, from anywhere, and, you know, it's it's not it's not the voice of the Jew in America that's given the American Congress. By the way, for all of our negative comments we can say about the Obama administration not being as supportive as we'd like of, of Israel, the U.S. Congress, in the most part, is incredible. We have one of the most pro- American Congress, pro-Israel American Congresses in history, and we give them a lot of credit for that. And and, and they're not pro-Israel because of all the Jews in America executing their vote and, and yelling loudly. Right. They're not. Right. right.
0: They're not. Right. right. You now, know? Let, let me say this, though. I'm going to back this up. Yeah. Right now, the United States, both parties, are funding and arming over a dozen Muslim countries free food, free money, and we're giving money to the Gaza, millions, I'll be honest with you, and it's okay, I'm speaking for Michael Gano and Insight to Israel, but I abhor, I abhor anyone in the foreign senate relations, and the foreign arms committee, that says on their website, I am pro-Israel, and yet they're giving February $25 million worth of weapons to Lebanon, 60 million rounds of ammunition. So i got a huge problem with that. So my, my message is, to those who tell me the voice of the American Jews must be in Washington, D.C. or New York, I say, what have you done in 67 years that has benefited Israel? Because while, while the lobbyists make millions of dollars and their kids go to private schools in the United States and dr- lay on your beach and drink your wine, they're saying they love Israel, but nothing's really benefited you in the in the big picture.
1: Listen, the Iron Dome's benefited us. You know, you got You always got to give credit where credit's due. Obviously, the Congress, the American government's not not perfect. It's no. not going to be perfect. The Israeli government's certainly not perfect. No. Um, but yeah, we got to do. We got to be a lot better. We got to do a lot more. Definitely,
0: definitely. Let me ask you. So, uh, what does your family think? You're a nut job.
1: Nah. Listen. You know, we spoke about this before. You know, most young American Jews, uh, marry not Jewish, don't care about their identity as a Jew or the connection to Israel. And it's clear. My parents know that that the Jews in Israel are going to be Jewish forever. We're, I'm going to have Jewish grandchildren. Most of my f- Jewish friends I grew up with won't. And so, you know, they they miss me. Yeah, of course, my mother cries, but they're also proud of me. They also understand that. I'm in the right place, the best place. Absolutely. And uh, you know, they'll, they'll, I, I, they'll retire here when I give them grandkids.
0: How did they? Uh, how did they deal with it during last summer? You being here
1: uh, during during the war at Gaza. Yeah, listen, I you know they, they dealt with it actually decently well because every time a uh, a rocket from Gaza would literally explode and you know Michael, you saw it would explode yeah. over over our heads, over my apartment, my, my window would shake. I'd call them proactively and say, "This is." Something just exploded before they heard about it on CNN or Jerusalem Post. And, uh, you know, it, g- it gave them a lot of comfort. And, again, thank God for the Iron Dome. You know, every single time I saw a rock from Gaza heading our way, I saw the Iron Dome knocking it out of the sky. Yeah. You didn't just hear it. You saw it. Right. And, uh, yeah, listen, I I got loving, amazing parents. Are they happy that I was in a war zone? No, but they, you know, they felt, com- they felt confident. That I'm ultimately, existentially, I'm certainly safer here than in America. As as a Jew, right? As a Jew,
0: you're right. So uh, I'm going to get a little personal because your fiance is from England. Yeah. Did she make Aliyah by herself?
1: Yeah, yeah, she moved here alone. Her family's still in London. and wow. uh, She came here four years ago.
0: Wow. That's 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 amazing. And you were 18 when you came. Now, yeah, you
1: I, are. I, know, I know I look really young and good-looking, man. I appreciate yeah, that. No, you are,
0: because you went through college.
1: I, I, university, I, I moved, you have a law degree. I, I moved here at 30. I moved here at 30, man.
0: Well, I keep forgetting you're that old. I'm an old guy. Yeah, I'm an old guy. Because you're 38. 8 I'm 38. Wow, you're the same age as my brother almost. Amazing. Yeah, because you went through four years of college. You went to law school. Yeah, yeah. And then you studied everything. And you're how close are you to being a rabbi? Because every time we talk, it's like you have so much information. Yeah, I think I think a, a, any any beard you
1: see is just lazy scruff. I'm not. I'm no rabbi. Am I? I'm not. I'm not studying to be a rabbi. I love learning Torah. You know, the Bible, the Torah, Talmud is is for, is is, uh, is for every Jew to study. You know, everyone on their own level, and I love studying the Torah, and I, I love learning, and it's a lifelong process of learning. You never know everything, and uh, you know the word rabbi, by the way, just means you know it means teacher, and you know each one of us should be that, right, to ourselves, to our family, to our friends around us, to our community. I'm no rabbi; and I'm not trying to be one, but yeah, I, I like I like being knowledgeable and educated on Jewish history, Jewish tradition. I think it's important. To, to know who we are, where we come from So we can know what to do and how to do it better moving forward
0: And the reason why I'm asking you all this Is because I know that there are Israelis That listen to this radio show I, I know there's American Jews that listen And uh, Look, I mean, you came here later in life So you know, Even with all this education behind you You could have easily made it a good living in the United States Yeah,
1: was, listen I'm from New York I may, A lot of your listeners may disagree, but New York's the best city in the world. I was very happy there. An amazing community. Amazing amazing life. I was very happy. I didn't leave because I wasn't happy. I left because this is where I should be. And I made my happiness here. You know, I'm not happier here. I'm definitely more content here. I feel it's more meaningful and substantive. But uh, I don't believe you you don't go somewhere because it's not as good as where you are. You go somewhere and you make it better than where you came from.
0: Mm. Wow. Say it again. (laughs) that's a good note it's
1: it's, it's a good note yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it by just saying wherever you are in life be a pioneer wherever you are in life there are vacuums there ain't problems there's vacuums you're not allowed to complain you gotta fix you gotta do and God doesn't tell you to, to, to make it perfect God says do your part and I'll do the rest mm-hmm. and we're, we're on his shoulders you know Yeah. God created the universe God created wheat God created water but, but we make bread
0: Wow. We make bread. Mm. Or cupcakes. Those are good too. Amen. Amen. So, at the end of the day, we have a few minutes left. Uh, we see this Iran deal. Everybody knows it's not good. Iran's going to get a nuke.
1: It's inevitable. By the way, can I say, you know what's amazing about that? And, you know, people hardly put it in this context, but what we're trying to do is stop Iran from getting American 1930s technology. Isn't that incredible? But they can deliver it on a ballistic warhead. Given yeah, but I'm them saying, by Russia. What, what America pretty much had in the late thirties—we're trying to eighty years ago—we're trying to stop Iran from having it today. You know, to put in it's and yeah, you know, what bothers me most by, by the way about this deal—I don't want Iran getting a nuke. I also think to myself, how the, the rate of technology and development. I'm no nuclear scientist. But how are we going to stop any country right. in 50 years from now from not having American 1930s technology? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's almost uncontainable in a way, but uh, again, my worry much more, you know, I, I'm worried about Iran. I want to, I don't want Iran having a nuke. My, my worry is much more about the Jewish people, because again, they can't hurt us, we can only hurt ourselves.
0: Right. Wow, wow, wow. So, okay, brother, we got two minutes. So I want you to send a message of why Americans need to support Israel and why Jews need to come home. Yeah. You did it? Why do Jews need to come home? Tell me why Americans need to support Israel. Uh, listen, the whole
1: world needs to support Israel. You know, if you're in, if you're if you're on the side of ju- justice and morality and democracy and 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 freedom. I mean that's that's what Israel stands for. It's a, it's a it's a beacon of light in an area that's not not so simple, and Israel's not perfect. And it's okay to it's okay to constructively criticize as a friend, not wag a finger and blame. We have a long way to go to being far better, but uh, we're really making the best of it in a very difficult situation. Yeah, it's bad. Um,
0: and you, you need
1: to support Israel because ultimately. Those who bless the Jews will be blessed, and those who curse the Jews will be cursed. Amen. And that—that's not Jay speaking; it ain't Michael speaking. That's the Bible. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's God speaking. Amen. And i am i am just—I'm not even quoting; I'm paraphrasing. So I apologize. But no, it's—it basically sums it up. It's—it sums it up, and it, you know, why do you support Israel? It well? It's like asking why—why why do something good? Do something good because it's the—it's—it's it's the right thing to do. Right. And I'm not telling you supporting Israel is easy. It's not or, or it's cool. In many places in the world, most places, supporting Israel is not easy and cool. and it's not simple. And it's going to be complicated. but like revel in the comp, revel in that subtlety. Mm-hmm. Revel in the gray area of beautiful, complicated life. But know that even if you don't understand and see the whole picture, what's right is right.
0: And to see the whole picture, you need to come
1: here. It, it's easier from here. It is. It, it is easier from here.
0: So, Jay, listen, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Michael. And uh, uh, it's been great. Wow, you gave us a boatload of information. And it's too bad we couldn't get this on video. So this is Michael Gonneau with Insight to Israel and Hershey's for Heroes. God bless the patriot conservatives who stand for the Judeo-Christian founded Constitution and Bill of Rights. And God bless the liberals that support Israel. No, okay, they, they do. I do. There's I some. There's no, some. They're, they're hypocrites about it. There's strings attached. <laughs> and God bless Israel in her fight for sovereignty and security. Amen. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio, designed just for you.